Roar Nation, Promise Keepers is back July 31st, 2020. Estimated 80,000 men will be gathering at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Speakers are going to rock the house. It's going to be a full lineup. And on top of that, worship is going to be amazing. Why am I telling you so far in advance? Because tickets are on sale and they're slowly selling out. So that being said, I hope I see you there. I am planning on going. Go to promisekeepers.org to get info and tickets. Again, go to promisekeepers.org. See you there. Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller. Hey, Roar Nation, your host, John Fuller here, excited for somebody who I used to listen to years ago, and you're going to recognize him yourself. It is introducing drum roll okay matt that was a terrible drum roll you ready (laughs) matt hammett what's happening brother good man so guys check this out roar nation guys and gals if i'm from texas so we say guys that refers to everybody but matt hammett is an american singer songwriter speaker and author he was the lead singer and songwriter for the band sanctus real from 96 to 2016 He's been the recipient of three Dove Awards, has been nominated for two Grammy Awards, and his work with Sanctus Real has been awarded for his chart-topping songs performed both by Sanctus Real and other Christian music artists. Uh, He is a phenomenal now uh, author. We're going to be getting into that as well. So all that said, Matt, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful night here in nashville tennessee so it's been freezing cold the past couple of weeks but today actually feels pretty good yeah they uh they say the weather here in west texas is bipolar so we literally can shift 80 degrees i think no, i don't think it's 80 degrees i think i've seen the biggest shift was 65 degrees in one day so oh my gosh wow. i mean that just make you sick just thinking about it <laughs> Sounds like San Francisco or something. I'm telling you, dude, it's it's horrible. So, hey, Matt, so why don't you give us uh, just kind of a little bit about who you – I mean, I read off your show notes, and, and some people are going to know who you are, but why don't you kind of just give us a little 30,000-foot view of, like, who you are and what you do today? Yeah, no problem at all. Um, so, yeah, obviously best known for my role with Sanctus Real. You know, we, we actually started that band when I was 16, and crazy enough, signed – a record deal straight out of high school and hit the road and um, got married when I was 21 and my wife joined me on the road. And so up until 2016, you know, being a singer of this band, writing songs with these guys um, who are also my best friends and just living that road life, pursuing the dream and growing a family. And, you know, over the course of those years, kind of really, started feeling more of like a a ever present tension between career dreams and family dreams. Like I think every guy does. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure everybody does. Um, and so finally caused me to really just have to ask myself, you know, how I was being accountable for the way I was using my gifts and the way that I was, I was working and it just, there was no balance there. So 
I actually stepped away from the band to pursue my family and try to grow, you know, with my kids, my wife, and kind of try to reclaim some of the things that I was missing, just being on the road all those years and so many days away from home. And so I kind of just had my hands open at that point, asked God to just, you know, show me what to do. I, I left all the security that I knew for 20 years, even financially. And he just started opening new doors for me, started writing uh, music with a bunch of other artists that you hear on Christian radio and was able to do that, you know, from Nashville and be home in the morning and then evenings and just go in the studio for a few hours. And then over the course of those first couple of years, started getting invited by different people to speak and, and sing at, at more like marriage and men's events. And one of the things I actually ended up doing was creating a men's event called Leave Me Live. Uh, I did about a dozen of those where I just went to different churches and talked about my journey of just, you know, making some hard decisions to put my family first and trying to encourage guys uh, as fathers and husbands. And and then more recently, I've been out with Kurt Cameron for his Living Room Reset event, which is a uh, marriage and parenting event. We do about 30 a year, one weekend a month um, for four days. And then uh, do a little bit here and there with family life little with folks in the family. Um, but I'm still in the middle of it all, you know, a creative person who's, who's making music and the latest project is my wife and I are working on a documentary. So a little bit of everything. So um, you're, you're almost busy. Almost busy. Yeah. And so <laughs> this book coming out in February, um, actually the book is, is called lead me, which is, you know, named after one of Sanctus Reels, uh, I guess, flagship songs per se. You know, there's a story behind that and this decision I made to step away, finally put all that into words. And and so it's been a lot of different creative projects. But the beauty of it is that over the past few years, it's been something that my wife and I have really invested in together and a lot of that being from home. And so though it's been busy, it's been really fulfilling work and the fact that it's really brought my family closer together. That's good, man. Okay. So I'm going to unpack this, uh, last couple minutes of some of the stuff you said, I'm just kind of writing down, taking some notes. You go back, you talked about, you faced a point of career dreams versus family dreams. And you kind of laughed about that. You're like, well, I, I think, I think we all struggle with that, which we do. I think everybody, um, struggles with that. I'm kind of curious though, because I think a lot of times we have to find more balance in our life. We go through seasons, obviously, where we're grinding more and then we have to find that balance. But I thought it really interesting that you said you just like, you felt obviously you were supposed to leave that life of what you were doing and just pursue family. Will you go into that a little bit? I'm just kind of curious. That's a really big decision because it's, it was kind of all in like versus just saying, Hey, I need to find more balance to work that out. Yeah, it it was, it was, it was a, a big decision. And you know, I think for me, it was probably almost a decade of evaluating the context in which I was using my gifts and um, always feeling that struggle and that tension of like, man, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm called to do, but also like that whole, the whole idea of calling, right? Like in the different context in which you can use gifts and callings, um, there, there's a little bit of like this kind of mystery in terms of like, you know, divine calling, but also like some of the choices that we make and how we walk our daily lives. Um, 
And whether, you know, we prioritize our work or family or, or God, whatever it is that we're serving. And I just, man, attention just got so strained. And at first I did try to find a way to, to try to make it work within the framework that we had built as a band and over the course of that 20 years, you know, but part of the issue with that was we had built this organization with managers and agents and we owned a tour bus and we owned a crew. So what happens as, as anybody who owns a business, I mean, you're a business owner, you know, you build this organization and you're kind of the one who in a sense is feeding everybody. So there's that pressure of like, Hey, I could try to slow the machine down or stop the machine per se. But at some point it's like everybody relies on us. And I really did come to a place where I felt like in my heart of hearts, like I knew it was time for me to actually step down and make a decision, uh, to leave the band and i worried about that a lot because i think i thought to myself well i'm the face of the band i'm a singer i'm 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 kind of the representative per se i write a lot of the songs what will people do without me yeah yeah i want man i want you i want you to hit on that because in in every person struggles so you you hit a place of fear right so i feel like the, the enemy comes in and he lies to us but there's there's what we think and then the reality of what happens. Will you talk about your thoughts of what you thought was going to happen versus what actually happened? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I had so many fears about, like, I'm going to ruin people's lives, you know, how are they going to feed their family and all this stuff. And at some point, I just felt God kind of speak to my heart and put me in check. And then what I heard him say in my heart, like, it wasn't, audible but like i could clearly hear his voice in my spirit saying to me do you think you're the only child that i love (laughs) and i was just like whoa like it floored me because i realized like who am i to think the whole world revolves around me and if this you know beloved child of god walks away that i'm the only one who's gonna be (laughs) taken care of no, like God's got his kids. He's put this thing in my heart. He's called me to do something. And, and faith, you know, that, that God's got it. And that he loves every, all, of his, all of his kids equal. He's going to take care of all of this. It takes the pressure off me and allows me to walk out, you know, what I'm meant to be living and doing. And then on top of it, the funny thing about that fear of like, what are people going to do without me? The reality of that is if I'm called to something else, that means God's calling the others to something else. And I'm only holding them back in my fear by not. That's good. That's good, man. You know, I'd like to say is I'm God's favorite. And so are you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, um, I want to back up a little bit because we talk a lot on our show about like pursuing purpose and passion. And yeah. I, and I want you to hit a little bit just of a backstory. We're, we're like rolling backwards in our interview, but I want you to talk a little bit about pursuing that at 16 and just kind of how you felt called to do that. And I, I think it's easier at 16 because you don't have, you got good parents or whatever. You're just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Cause you don't have family and all that stuff yet. But I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. Just kind of pursuing that and just going, going for it. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. It's a little easier when you're 16 and you see something working um, to kind of just stay on that train, probably hard, you know, easier than if you're 
you know, needing a little more security later on and you're trying to figure it out. So I do really know, I try to take for granted the fact that, that what I was passionate about, which was writing songs and, and making music that expressed the heart of real life and real faith, kind of where they collide. That was always my passion. Like um, just to communicate things about faith in really real ways that hopefully could build other people up in their faith. And I think we always knew too, that we wanted to be uh, in Christian music. So as the band grew, you know, we kept pursuing that passion. The doors kept opening. And although I could say, you know, Hey, it was kind of easy because the doors kept opening. We all did hit that crossroad. We were like, okay, we're graduating high school. You know, that classic feeling like, am I a loser if I don't go to college? (laughs) Yeah. And we're not making money yet. Um, and it was always like us praying, okay, you know what? This isn't ours to begin with. Like, I think that was probably the one thing, even as young kids, that maybe kept us grounded, like, the most. It was like, we all recognized together, like, hey, this thing isn't really ours. But as long as God wants to use us together, we'll keep going. And so in those moments, definitely, like, we fought with what felt like maybe, like, uh, you know, grown up decisions versus like dreamer decisions, you know? And, and so uh, we had one guy who started and enroll, enrolled into college and the rest of us were like, Oh no, we got to really work hard to see if this thing will work out so that it doesn't fall apart. But basically like we always pray for that next little thing. And it did feel like God just kept like opening that next door, kind of giving us that next glimpse. Uh, I mean, even down to like, winning contests or, you know, getting calls from record labels or getting put on tours. It was like that next thing right when you're about to give up that you just made it clear one step at a time. But I think that a big part of that, you know, for any of us is being also being aware of those things. And so I I do think I feel, I feel grateful that I was with a group of guys that we continue to be aware of those things and seek them as signs, you know, for us to be able to continue and to be steadfast through uh, the trials, you know, that we, 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 we saw and that we faced together because it was not easy. But in a band, the cool part about that is that we had each other and we all had a common mission and a common purpose. And uh, I, I try not to take that for granted because I know not, every, not everybody has that. So I, I, I just I'm really grateful for that. That's awesome. You got to take me though to the moment you had to have one somewhere where as a band, like you guys realize, like you're like, we made it. Like we finally were making money, like or we, when you got signed or something. Just surely you remember that. I'm just curious, but will you oh, take yeah. me to that? I want to hear that story because totally. that's, I love that's like you hit the mountaintop, right? Absolutely. So we had little glimpses of that. Like I remember the first time I heard our first single on the radio, Drive to the Desert, New Mexico. And it was like, oh my gosh, your song's on the radio. You know, like that was a cool moment. Of course, signing a record deal. And we like, you know, early on, we're like on tour with artists we loved. Like, you know, our our first national tour was with Toby uh, Mac and Mercy Me and uh, Jeremy Camp. We actually all did, like Toby is a solo artist. Mercy Me, Jeremy, and us all did our very first national tour ever together. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. And so, like, those moments were really cool. 
um, you know, like being out with like newsboys or audio or whoever we'd look up to along the way. But the moment for me, and I don't know why this was it for me, uh, there was a thing called Gospel Music Association Week, so GMA Week in Nashville. It was like the big convention. Everybody would come together and like all the bands, all the labels, all the radio stations, and then they do the Dove Awards. And so it was like the big week in Christian music. And I remember showing up as our third record was releasing. Um, we had just had a string of number one songs on the Christian hit radio format, which is kind of like more of like the alternative Christian format. And things were going really well. We are finally starting to like actually make it okay living. And we showed up at GMA week and our faces were plastered all across the Renaissance sky bridge between the convention center and the Renaissance. Hotel. <laughs> and I remember like looking up at it, like thinking, this is the weirdest and coolest thing I've ever seen. Like when it comes to like that dream of like, Hey, yeah. like, wow, we're here. Like we really, that for whatever reason, that to me was like, we really made it. And that didn't mean we made it, but it's like, but it's so funny because that was my moment. That's so cool, man. Thanks for sharing that with me. I actually, yeah, it sounds cheesy, but I actually got teary eyed just thinking about it. Cause I just, I love those moments in people's lives. Cause I mean, we all have ups and downs, but it's so cool when you're using your gift and your talent and you like step into something and you have those, like what you said, it's like really cool, but weird moment. And you're just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. So recently, um, you you're about to release a book. Um, you told me lead me and obviously there's a lot of history there. So that book wasn't like a one, two year in the making. That's probably yeah. been an adult life journey. Why don't you go into some of the backdrop of the book, why you wrote the book in, um, how that really just came out of you? Yeah. You know, I've, I've been writing, pieces of this for the last probably decade. Um, but it really tells the story of the past 25 years of my life. And, and I knew I could only do that once. So, you know, I really like put my whole heart into trying to make sure that every single word mattered. Um, and the tricky part about it for me, and, and it's kind of representative, honestly, of like the way, my creative career, I guess, has been, which is I'm, I've been in a rock and roll band. So I just kind of this whole like fun part of what I do. But then I'm also like very invested in marriage and family ministry and have been for the past decade or so. And so it's kind of the serious side of what I do. And there's also this fun side of what I've done. And I kind of wanted the book to share that personality where there's this memoir piece about being a 16 year old kid pursuing his dreams with his buddies, but then getting married and having to grow up on the road with his friends and then introducing this tension, right? And these lessons that God, God has taught me um, about family and marriage and being a man and a father and a husband, you know, throughout this growth process. But then also in the midst of the memoir, very intentionally crafting in it's also this teaching voice that I, I love to use too, because, you know, I love to speak at conferences. I love to, to write, you know, articles on faith and family manhood and all that. And I love to speak in that way as well. So it was kind of neat 
to be able to craft those two things together very intentionally, which I think gives the you know reader really like hopefully um, a, a fun journey through my life and through history, but also a very vulnerable look at like the struggles and difficulties of road life, the struggles and difficulties of marriage and fatherhood. Um, but then at the same time presents the lessons that I've learned, hopefully in a way that people can really practically grab and take into heart for their own lives. So that's really, if I could best describe it, probably how I would, I would sum up the book. Okay. So I'm glad you mentioned something, which is a great segue into my next question is I always call it like the, it couldn't be worse than this moment. Or like when Moses is standing at the Red Sea thinking, okay, God, either you need to split waters or what's behind us is going to kill us. Um, and, but the beauty in those stories is, is God always comes through, especially when, especially when we're, um, we're crying out to him and, and we're really surrendered. So I would love for you to share a story, whether it's being in, uh, on the road or in marriage that you kind of had one of those moments where it was like, it couldn't be worse than this. God, I need you to show up. Oh, absolutely. I, I know right now uh, it's both it's marriage and on the road. Okay. So, so I was out on tour and my wife and I, you know, were caught uh, as we have several times in our marriage and what, uh, Emerson Eggert would call from love and respect and call the crazy cycle. You know, there's no love, there's no respect and communication is spiraling downward. And so we're just trying to break that cycle and find each other. And there was this moment where, uh, Sarah wasn't feeling well. I was coming down with something and we got in this argument, right? It was like, right as I thought we were turning a corner for the good. But like things just like started like free falling, you know, where like she loses her her cool, I lose my cool. And we're on the phone in the back of the bus. It's about an hour before showtime. And we just get in this one of the worst arguments of our entire lives. And she says to me, well, this is probably a good time to let you know that I don't want you to come home when you get back. I want you to go to the studio. I've already started moving your stuff out. I've already called my parents. I've called your parents. I mean, this is like way out. Of, and remember, this is like way, way out of character for her. Yeah. I've called everybody. Like we're separating and, and I don't want you to come back to the house. You're going to the studio, which is in our backyard, you know, just a separate building. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. And she's like, nope, nope. that's just my decision i got so like disheartened and i was like okay you know what i was like fine i can't even talk anymore so i hang up on it turn my phone off i'm like fine you're gonna be that way i'm gonna turn my phone off and i'm not gonna i'm thinking to myself like i'm not gonna turn my phone back on for the rest of this trip you know i'm just being totally stupid yeah i throw my phone in my bunk i walk up front all the guys are getting ready to go out you know on the stage to play a show and I'm like, hey guys, I'm like in tears. And I'm like, man, it's like Sarah just told me, like, she doesn't want me to come home and she's moving my stuff out, blah, blah. And like, they're all like upset for me and like gathering around me, like, praying for me. Horrible show, like internally, even though I was able to just do my job, nobody else knew. But inside, I'm dying. Come out to the bus after the show and Mark, our drummer, says, dude, you need to turn your phone back on. 
And I'm like, he's like, just, just be a man, suck it up, turn it back on, be, be loving, even though you're bad. Yep. Great friend. And I was like, you know what, man, you're right. So I turned my phone back on and the first text that pops up would have come through five minutes after I turned my phone off. And it was my wife saying, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I love you. (laughs) 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 Dude, if I wouldn't have turned my phone off, I would have saved myself like the embarrassment basically going up to all my friends and being like, sir, it's kicking me out of the house, you know, and like this whole horrible show and like all these emotions and all this drama. And, and at that moment, of course, like I kind of laughed, everything was fine, but it made me realize like, man, you know what? Like there's some real deep rooted issues that I've got to, I've got to get, get help with here that, that we're at the place where, where this, this can happen. And next time, you know what? It might not be that way. Next time yeah. I might not get the, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. If I don't get my act together. And that was figure a big wake up call. Yeah, it was, it was. And thank God it ended that way. But yeah, it was a huge wake up call for me. Cause I was like, man, that, you know, there's a lot in that, that I need to figure out. That's good. That's a, uh, that's funny when we have those moments, you're kind of like, you realize it's, you say that I, I had one of those experiences with my wife uh, recently and just learning how to communicate better. And, and I remember walking away from it thinking I need to change. Like so, something has to change. Like we've been married 21 years and we have a great marriage, but just like any marriage, there's always issues. And I remember walking away thinking I can't continue to be the way I am if I'm going to be a good, if I want to be a great husband, I mean, I think, I think a lot of men can be good husbands. And, yeah. and I think for years I've been a good husband, but I don't want to be a good husband. I want to be a great husband. And, Absolutely. And, and to do that, sometimes you really got to pick up your game and look back and say, what I'm doing is not working. Yep. That's exactly right, man. So you hit it. Okay. So before we get into the real round, I need to take a quick moment for our sponsor. You know, we're all about being real around here. And if I'm being truthful, I hate shopping for insurance. So recently, I found a company that made my life much easier and also helped me find an insurance policy. And they help you find all different types of insurances. So what was it? I'm glad you asked. PolicyGenius.com. So I went on PolicyGenius, got a uh, quote It literally took just a couple of minutes, and I got to tell you, to be honest, I was extremely impressed with the representative that I had. Uh, They actually texted me, uh, followed up with phone calls. They made the process really easy, really impressive, and it all said and done, absolutely, I got insurance through them uh, because they made the process easy, and I liked dealing with them. So that being said... Why don't you go on there right now and compare and buy either life insurance, different types of insurance you're looking for. Get on policygenius.com and see what they can do for you. I do recommend them and personally use them. Okay. So Matt, let's jump in. It's going to be a little bit about you. Uh, You get to brag on yourself. You get to, and I'm going to ask you to, most people don't want to do it. So (laughs) I'm, and it's funny, it is hard. Most most people have a really hard time with this, but I want to ask you, what do you feel like your biggest strength is in what you're doing right now? Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, I think my biggest strength is vulnerability. Um, And, you know, I'm, 
I think just the willingness to show uh, the worst of who I am and through <laughs> my writing and my art and be honest about it so that I can help other people realize that they're not alone. No, that's good because I think uh, the moment you said that and I was writing that down, you know, when you're vulnerable, you're relatable. Yeah. And I think so many people, especially if you've been in church anytime or you've seen stuff, a lot of times people think, well, I have to be a certain way, dress a certain way, act a certain way. You have to do all these things to be loved by God or be loved by people. And that's so opposite of the truth. God just takes us exactly where we are just because he created us and he loves us. We're exactly where we're at. Yeah. And it's like every believer knows it, but it still is true. It's like yeah. that it, it is in our weakness that we do experience God's strength. Yep. It's the longest one foot journey you'll ever make from your head to your heart. <laughs> Never heard that. Pretty good. So, okay. So what would you say your biggest weakness is uh, walking in your strength? It doesn't have to be, it could be walking in your strength or your, or your uh, talent. Oh man. Uh, I, you know, I, I can, I, I got into a habit over the years of being insecure and self deprecating. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to see that as humility, but I've I've read a couple things, and then through a conversation I had years ago with Mike Donahue from Tenth Avenue North, um, who's oh he was on here a couple of weeks ago, I think. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. We actually, it's funny. Sanctus Real took Tenth Avenue North on their first tour, and we've been great friends ever since. That's and obviously cool. now they're just they've blown way up. Um, but Mike told me one time, he's like, kind of revealed to me that that's a false humility because, you know, some people say, oh, hey, you know, I'm so great. And in saying I'm so great, they make it all about me. And then other people say, oh, woe is me. I'm so bad. And you know what you're doing? You're still making it all about you. Yeah. And so I had to realize, like, you know what? I got to work on that because when I say I can't or woe is me or I'm not good enough. I'm really saying, okay, Lord, it's all about me and not about you. And so I'm working on that. You know, what's funny is I went through that for a lot of years. And um, this last couple of years, I went through some conferences and different things I'd, I'd love to turn you on to. But, you know, one of the things I realized is I thought if, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, of, of music and the earth and in the, the planets, I was like, I'm pretty freaking amazing. And the reason you know what, that's so true. And it's true. And and I don't mean that prideful. I'm like, I'm amazing because here's the humility because God lives in me. It's not because of me. It's because of who God is in me. And when, and then also when you go back to scripture in Genesis, it says that I'm made in his image. Well, he doesn't suck. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm just being logical about this. Yeah. The greatest artist created you. Yes. And I'm like, how can I think that I'm less than what God made me to be, which is amazing. I just have to have his view, his eyes of who I really am and realize he's inside of me. And man, when you, and it's a process, but as you start walking in that, you're like, I don't know, just, it just more of whatever is in you. Like for you, it's being creative or somebody, uh, you know, I build homes or do whatever, or do podcasts. It, like it just comes out even more out of you because Really, you've had it the whole time, but you're just confident in of what God put inside of you. Yep, that's good. Good word, bro. So, so come on, somebody. 
Uh, okay. So what is the biggest thing right now that God's stirring inside of you that you're excited about? Yeah, I think um, seeing beyond what I'm inclined to see where I like box myself and you know, there's this analogy I heard a few years back that I really see it from a lot of people use it from a business angle. I see it from a real spiritual angle in my life right now. And it, it, well, and in what I do creatively, but I don't know if you've ever heard like the whole like red ocean, blue ocean thing. Um, you know, and I, and I don't even know who wrote about it originally, but it's this idea that like the red ocean is where there's like chum in the water and like everybody's after the same bait. Lots and, like, of everybody run, yeah, running into each other, chaos. And, and and sometimes it's all people can see. Like this is where I've got to be where everybody else is. And then outside of that, right, is like hundreds of thousands of miles of blue ocean. And it's, and there's, there's other things out there that, you know, are, are, are beautiful and waiting to be discovered. And I think for a long time, um, I had only that vision of like, I'm in this bubble creatively with this certain group of people and what I do and I have to be successful and I'm running into everybody and compare myself with everybody. And, you know, I can't be as successful as this guy or that guy. And you know how it is. Oh yeah. And God is, is, is kind of expanding my creative vision to see outside of that so that I can take fully use my unique gifts in the context in which he's designed me to use them, not limited by the way I see an industry or a group of people or a place where I would like to be or a group of people I want to be accepted by. Um, you know, he's helping pull me away from that and give me vision for kind of new territory per se. Yeah. So so I, I think one of those things is this documentary that my wife and I are working on, um, about our son's heart disease and his major open heart surgery he had in July. We worked with a couple um, who worked for NBC for a long time and did documentary work for them. And now they're doing this with us. And it's a whole new realm from the concept to the filming, to editing with them and me scoring it. And uh, I think it's going to have a whole different kind of impact than, than what I had in the past. And I'm just really excited about it. Man, I'm excited for you. That's really good. Thank you. Um, I got a, I got a word for you on that after the show yeah. towards the end. Um, okay. What is uh kind of, as we wrap up the show, what is uh, besides your book, which we recommend lead me, what is maybe another book or resource that you would recommend for people? And uh, I'll, I'll tell you a funny one one time, or I call it a life hack <laughs> guest. I need to go back and listen to the show, but his his uh, recommendation or life hack was to make sure that the silverware was put in the dishwasher uh, according to big spoons, little spoons, forks, and knives. So when they got washed and you open it and you pull them out, you didn't have to sort through them, that they were already sorted so it was easier to put in the drawer. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That was his life hack, dude. It was awesome, man. Cause he caught me so wow. by surprise. I thought that's funny. That's exactly what my wife does. So you're telling me you're a little OCD then, right? <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh dude. It was so good. It made, it made the show for me. That's great, man. So what kind of life hack or resource you got? Oh boy. Bro, I, like I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to like look into my. Uh, I, I actually am pretty OCD 
honestly. But I'm like, man, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I feel so boring right now, man. I'm like, I don't have the dishwasher hack. That sounds like like a a great thing. I I, I don't have anything off the top of my head, man. Well, even a recent recent book, if you read something lately, something really hit you. Absolutely. So there's actually a book that my publisher gave me. And I've got a bunch of them, and I hadn't had a chance to get through through a lot of them. But I was really interested in this one called Core Fifty Two. And oh the gosh, awesome thing, my, it was just on my show, dude. Yeah. Have you yeah, read it? I'm like, I, so I'm going through it right now. I've only made it through the first few sections, but I'm like, I'm blown away by it because I'm really big on like um, reminding ourselves of very simple truth that's easy to forget. Like, cause it's just, you have to like remind yourself of it over and over. And when I opened it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like such an amazing book to be able to go through the core, you know, doctrines. Yeah. The basics. And why we believe it. It's such a simple yet thorough way to like, I mean, dude, it, I love the way that book is written. So I'm he's a rock star. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you said that. So he, uh, he was on our show about a month or two ago, uh, listeners, if you get a chance, I can't even remember, but it does say core 52 on the, yep. um, actual sh- on our show. Uh, but phenomenal. I've been using it. So I ended up getting like 10 copies. I gave one to everybody in my family. And then I just gave one to our youth pastor slash worship leader to start walking the kids through because it's very basic, fundamental, you read it, uh, you read it. And then at the end of the week, you have four more days of like other things to actually go through. So, uh, the guy is really solid, highly recommended. So that that's a good, I'm glad you brought that up, man. That's fun. Yeah, man. Okay. Love it. So last question for you. Um, all right, Matt, you, you remember back to the future. You remember the DeLorean? Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I was just in a DeLorean like, four weeks ago. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be the doc and you get it to be, is it Marty? It's Marty McFly, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you get to be Marty. I'm going to be the doc. We're going to go back in time. You're going to pick an age and you're going to give yourself advice, but you can't change the future. You're just going to give like the younger you a pep talk. What are you going <laughs> to tell yourself, man? Oh, okay. So first I tell you what age I am. Yeah, you got to pick an age or roughly about. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to say I am 24 years old. Okay. And I'm going to tell myself, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't think you have to be perfect. Um, other people will never love you for who you are with all your flaws and all your faults, but God does. And don't doubt it, that he wants you to come as you are not as you want to be and that by learning to accept and love yourself you'll be able to accept and love others so that's what i wish i could tell myself when i was 24 that's good man don't be hard on yourself there's so much truth i think we beat ourselves up so much uh, especially in that age in our 20s trying to uh, trying to prove ourselves. and uh you just don't have to man you just step into it and it just works itself out yep that's right so, man Okay. So last parting thoughts. Um, where do Matt, where do we find you? If we want to have you come speak in an event, uh, anything like that, check out your writing, anything that you're doing, how do we find you? Where do we check you out at? Yep. So, um, matthammett.com 
uh, super easy way to kind of get access to everything I'm doing. I've got everything laid out really in a simple format from, you know, my uh, online content to my books and my music. Uh, just one click away right there. And then also on social media, uh, very simple again, just at Matt Hammett on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Come on now. All right. So you get the last word before I wrap up the show. You want to say anything to our guests? Oh, man. I, know. I, so I put much. you on the spot a bunch, dude. Know, I'm sorry, I bro. I ready I'm, for that. No, it's I know. Okay. It's terrible. Um, hey, you know what? You're loved. And I just want to say, I think probably your, your, your audience is probably, um, I, don't, I don't know, is it mostly a faith-based audience? Yeah, it's all, it's all Christian pretty. listeners? Uh-huh. It sure is. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured, but um yeah man i think we live in such a polarizing day and age and and i know it's always been that way to some degree but um to see some of the things happening in culture i see increasing pressure for people um who are uh christian or conservative to uh you know to kind of just just cave and, and have to believe that we can't believe what we believe and still love people well. Yeah, and that's good. just a lie from the pit, man. Like we can hold firmly to our beliefs um, and still love our neighbor, whoever they are with excellence. And uh, so that's, that's what I want to say. I'm writing that down, dude. Love with excellence. I dig it. All right. Yeah, man. Okay, Matt, hold on just a second. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Really enjoy talking to you and just your Yeah, you too, man. Thank you. So it's been fun. So hold on just a second. Roar Nation, you are loved. And also on top of that, I love what Matt said, love with excellence, because we don't have to have the same political viewpoint. We don't have to like the same uh, colors and books and we can disagree on stuff and we don't even have to like anything the same, but we can love each other and, uh, and just be civil with each other. And, and I don't know, man, just get along. It's been really big on my heart lately. So I love that he brought that up. So, uh, please check out Matt's book, lead me, uh, that's coming out in the future. Get on his website, follow him, see the things that he's doing, uh, especially if you're married, uh, with kids or something like that, or just needing some, uh, faith-based curriculum to spark a fire under your butt. So anyways, that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Please share this podcast with somebody, get the word out what we're doing and remember, be real, be authentic and be you. God bless. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You.